Hello, welcome to Moms Changing the World. This is your host, Akua Walker, Child Development Nurse Practitioner and CEO, Chief Encouragement Officer, introducing the new podcast, which is the place for moms to find encouragement, hope, and inspiration, where we're supporting moms in the trenches of motherhood. You will receive practical tips and strategies to address the developmental needs of your children with a positive parenting perspective in mind. Here at Moms Changing the World, we are moms on the journey of changing the world, one child at a time, one day at a time. Hello, Moms Changing the World. This is Akua Walker, nurse practitioner, your chief encouragement officer and host of this incredible podcast and community that we are building with moms who are in the trenches and learning and gaining wisdom from incredible moms who are out there changing the world in their unique and dynamic ways. I love bringing you interviews each week with women and moms who have touched either my life or are touching the lives of other moms. And this is a special one as we open up season three, because uh, Mia Redrick is a mom that has definitely impacted my own life as she's touching and working with moms around the world. But before we get into that, I want to share a quick Quote, uh, I like to share proverbs from Africa since I am originally from Ghana myself and grew up here in California. But there is so much that we can gain from words and quotes from around the world. And so the quote for today is a Guinea proverb that goes, knowledge without wisdom is like water in the sand. I'll repeat that again. Knowledge without wisdom is like water in the sand. And for me, that resonates around the fact that we can know so much, we can understand and have a lot of facts in our brain. But if we don't have the wisdom to apply it or to implement or to really transform ourselves and our community with it, then it might as well be water trickling through sand and going back to the source from where it came. And the coach that we will be talking to today, Mia Redrick, embodies this in that she helps women from all walks of life who want to package their expertise into high-ticket products and services online and offline make that happen. Myself personally, I came to know Mia last year and in the midst of the pandemic, I was in a very re, you know, reflective mode. And it, for many of us, as you know, if you've been around here, you've heard me say that there's nothing like having everything grind to a halt to make you really go through your priorities and really sort through what's essential in your life and where you envision your passions and your life going. And so I was able to see some of her ads come up on Facebook and I was just blown away with how Mia from the start was able to talk through the screen to me and really say, you know, really say that your vision, your mission, your passions can really transform the world. And so before I met her, I had a vision of a podcast and I had a vision of a way that I would share my parent coaching expertise with moms in an expanded way. And now as you're listening, you know, the podcast is up and running. We are in our third season and we are just having the best time launching forward. So yeah, to, to tell you even more about Mia, her track record is really around supporting clients with high ticket results that come quickly and are unmatched. She works as a consultant and a coach for sharp, smart, go-getting women looking to package their expertise into products, both online and offline. 
She has coached thousands of clients around the world, and everything that she teaches, she has personally accomplished and backs up with proof. She is a television personality and lifestyle brand and has joined Emmy-nominated and winning nationally syndicated shows on Fox, ABC, NBC, and CBS. Additionally, she is a best-selling author, in-demand consultant for Fortune 500 companies, and a top coach for thousands of professional women supporting them with building incredible brands. Good morning, Mia. Good morning. (laughs) It is such an honor to have you here to share a little bit of your mom's story and your journey and some of the tips and tricks uh, along the way with how to do that. How are you today? I am so excited to be here and you are absolutely incredible. It's an honor to be here on your show. Thank you so much. Yeah, some of the community that you build, uh, the giant uh, women, you have already come on the show as as podcast uh, episodes that I definitely want to encourage listeners to go back to. For the opening of season two, we had coach Deborah Porter, who is an incredible mom coach as well, for episode 17. And then we did a series on financial episodes, Money Matters, towards the end of that season. And we had two fellow giant mom coaches come on, Rhonda Lyle who wrote the book Warrior Mom and gave us some great you know, scholarship and uh, opportunity finding you know, tips for our children and our families. And then Dr. Arlene Nichols-Phillips gave us some great self-care and finance you know, combined you know, information to help us along the way. So make sure to go check the episode 28 and 29 out from our Muddy Matters series. And so now we, we have you know, the, the, the chief coach herself, <laughs> the chief giant herself here with us to share a little bit about, you know, who she is and what she's all about and how she can support us as moms who are are changing the world as well. So why don't you tell us a little bit about, you know, who you are in your own words and your family and what life is like for you these days? Yeah, sure. I am a mentor to moms, as you already mentioned. And, you know, my story is, yeah, I got started in my business about 19 years ago. And I was like a lot of your viewers. I just had made a decision to go to work as myself. I have a background as a corporate trainer and and also I had these great systems in motherhood that a lot of moms would ask me about. How do you always have time to read a book or how do you have time to date yourself and date your husband and date your kids individually? What is that all about? And I realized that there was something there that I could potentially package that was just my story. And so that's how literally how I started my company, made the decision to support other women who also had expertise, education and experience in some way. And they wanted to figure out how to value that, package it into a high ticket offering that they could sell either online or offline. But most didn't have what I didn't have years ago, which was the structure of how to do that. Didn't know how to price it. Didn't know what the packages could look like as a consultant or a coach. Didn't know how to position my marketing or how to market virtually for that matter. And equally, how to attract the right audience. So uh, that's pretty much what I do. I love what I get to do. I'm a mom, also of three children. Um, mm. And I have a 16-year-old, I can't believe it, oh, a 19-year-old and a 23-year-old. And when I started oh, my, my business, literally my oldest was four years wow. old. And I always like to share that because I had this vision of being free as a mom. And I literally built my business alongside of, you know, with my children in tow. And um, so I'm excited to be here today and I'm excited for your audience and the vision that they have and imagining what life can look like one year, five years, 10 years, in my case, 19 years later, 
pursuing your dream. Yeah, that's incredible. And I know many moms, you know, from whether they're a stay-at-home mom with new children or they're working moms or they've been at this a long time, you know, have thought about entrepreneurship or have thought about, you know, doing something, you know, um, kind of their own business direction. And so it's incredible because we often think, because I have young children, I can't do it, yeah. right? Or because I, I'm you yeah. know, working in this way, I, it's not possible. But you show us that it absolutely is. It is. Yeah. It's incredible. And we get to paint a different vision for our children. And that's what I love, yeah. is that they've literally watched me build this business. And they're forever changed in terms of knowing how to value their own intellect and their own ideas and knowing that it's a process. And you know, I always tell people when I had... Uh, my youngest son, Matthew, who's 16, I created a transition plan. And for me, I was like, by the time Matthew's going to school all day, I'm really going to do this thing. And so for a lot of moms, if you do have young children, you can do the same thing. Does it mean when you launch into entrepreneurship that instantly, you know, you leave what you're doing full time, you can create a transition plan and say, you know, in the next three years or the next two years, I want to replace my income. I want to be able to own up myself through my own business. So that's what I did literally with, with Matthew. That was my goal. Yeah, that's incredible. That's incredible. And then, you know, it, it's clear that this is a passion of yours and, yeah. you know, and sharing it is a passion and, you know, really like the proverb says, turning that knowledge into, into wisdom and yeah. application is, is key. So how did you get to that place? How was that passion born within you to, to share it? Yeah, it actually came from my mom. I don't even know if you know the story or not, but I was pregnant with my first son and six months pregnant. And my mom made me promise her that I would date myself as a mom because she was a mom that gave everything to her kids and didn't prioritize her own interests. She didn't have friendships that were unique to her. They all were connected to something that my brother and I were doing. She wasn't necessarily pursuing her own career interests because it was something she wanted to do. Her entire world was shaped by us. And she didn't want me to choose my life, to, to build my life that way in motherhood. So I was like, what do you do on a, a date with yourself as a mom? <laughs> I didn't know. She didn't know how to tell me because she wasn't dating herself. So I joined a mom's group. And I was the only mom in the mom's group who was pregnant without a child already. So a lot of times moms who are in mom groups already have children, but I was there, the mom that was six months pregnant. And I was looking at all these moms and learning from them and hearing them. And most often they talked about their own self-care being inadequate, that because they were a mom, they no longer could care for themselves. They talked about their dynamic, their relationship with their husbands changed or that their husbands didn't think they were as beautiful anymore. Or they talked about how they began to compromise their own personal interests, not doing things that they loved anymore because they were moms. And I said, I want to enter motherhood solving this problem in advance. So I started thinking about how could I date myself in advance and how could I make sure I'm always honoring the me in essence in mommy. And so that's how I started motherhood. And so once my child came three months later, I was dating myself ritualistically 90 minutes every single week and really owning being a mom, loving it, being a wife, loving it, but also being myself and loving it in this new journey and role. And I didn't lose sight of who I was. And a lot of those women began to say, how are you doing this? What is, how, how do you have time to do this? And so I realized there was something there. And because so many women would ask me over and over again, and uh, actually I ended up being the chapter president in this particular mom's group. And at the time there were like maybe 40 moms when I started. And as a result of sort of the programming that I was doing for myself and just kind of setting up for the moms, 
the chapter grew to 180 women and broke off in three different chapters. And that's when I realized there's something here, right? Because life has clues. So that's literally how I got started. That's amazing. Yeah. And I know when I was, you know, a mom, you know, just becoming a mom, I I am a people person. So I craved the mom energy. And so I yeah. looked up those mom groups. Yeah. But you're right. Nobody was there without a baby, right? Yeah. That's or right. if they, yeah, if they were pregnant, they already had a little one, you know, as yeah. well. And so that is, that was, has always been a really unique aspect of your journey. Yeah. Um, and That's it, right. it sounds like it shaped, you know, so much of what happened after. So is motherhood what you thought it would be? Motherhood has been pretty amazing. Is it what I thought it would be? No, they're always surprised. <laughs> okay. Right, right. You know, anyone that says yes, I thought no, um, mm. but I've enjoyed it. It's been a really great process, and I think when I think about motherhood, it's not only what I'm able to give to my children in terms of being a mom to them. It's who I've been able, how I've been able to grow, or the deposits that I've made in myself that have allowed me to add value to my world in many different ways that uh, I think motherhood stretches us in incredible ways. And I've enjoyed it. I mean, I've just, I have loved being a mom and one of my goals, my mother always said, like, if I could be half the mom that my mother was to be, I was like, (laughs) I'd be good. Um, And so my goal was to make sure that my children had the opportunity to have a mom they got to know. And what I mean by that is, I wanted them to know more about who I am than what I did for them. Okay. So I felt like growing up, I didn't really get to know what my mother's interests were because she didn't really explore those interests. So I wanted my kids to really be connected with, oh man, my mother loves to do this. Or my mother reads these kind of books so that they had a view of who I am as a person as well. So I could share that with them. We could have shared interests. And I, I believe I've done that on this journey. But that was one of the things that I wanted to do as a mom. And I think it's equally important, not just what we do for our kids or taking care of them, because a lot of times moms define the role by being a mother, like being a mother is doing something. But I think being a mother is being something that we get to share. Yeah, that's a great distinction. Because you you know you talk so clearly about something that I think we as mothers experience and we uh, and I think our culture. Yeah, perpetuates this. And I think the demands and the expectations all around us really guide us in a direction that's that's opposite of, of, you know, that really connecting and being present and available to your children as a person and not as a role. That's correct. So that's a really great, great distinction and a great way to to think about, you know, how we engage with our children. And so can you give us one, you know, one tip for how you did that, you know, practically as far as letting your children in on who you are as a person? Yeah. So I would say one of the things that I always did was this idea is a strategy I teach called blending and blending is whenever I would do something for my kids, I would also do something for myself at the same time. Because a lot of times moms think taking care of yourself means you do it later when the kids go to bed or, you know, on the weekends. And I decided like, it doesn't have to be, I could actually care for myself while I'm caring for them. So what it looked like for me was that whenever I would pack a bag for them when they were younger, like a diaper bag, I would also pack a bag for me. You know, think about the number of times I know moms are thinking about this right now. You've gone and to an event. And your kids have had snacks, they've had water, they've had every single thing they've needed. And you could just pull it out of that bag. And then you thought, man, I don't have anything here for myself intentionally. So I decided to be intentional. If I took the kids to the park, for example, to push them on the swing, 
I would squat for me. I literally thought about every single thing that I did for them. How can I incorporate something for me and care for myself while I'm caring for them? And when you do that, you never approach motherhood with resentment because just as excited as they are about going to the park or getting on the train or or visiting a friend or at some activity, there's always a way for you intentionally to also honor who you are as well. Yeah. Yeah. So it sounds like you would, you know, pack your bag for them to go and go to the park. And while they're, you know, you're pushing them around, you're doing squats and you're doing lunges and you're getting some physical activity too. Yeah. Yeah. That's That's right. I mean, that was just one example, but I've done it always, whether I was giving them a bath, I thought what music I want to play. I love Lionel Richie. So I would play Lionel (laughs) Richie music, light a candle for me. So there were never these moments of me caring for my kids where they didn't get to hear music mom liked or see something that represented quality. Like, mom, this smells really good. And I'm like, that's really, that's my favorite fragrance or whatever it is. I always incorporated me in my parenting with them. So I feel like the kids are very much connected to who I am as as a woman as well. Yeah, yeah, that's great. And, you know, there's oftentimes when, you know, we'll go to the park and we'll see moms you know, every mom kind of does does what they do, but we'll see moms yeah, definitely playing with their children, but also sitting off on the side on the phone or, or yeah. distracted by, you know, a cell phone or having a separate conversation. And, yeah. you know, maybe that that can serve as a time to connect with a friend, but it also sounds like you can also make it intentional. You know, yeah. if you haven't had your exercise for yourself yeah. that day, or if you haven't, you know, done, reached out to somebody that you want to talk to, make that maybe a play date with somebody who has a child as well. Right. So you can strategize to really bring yourself into what you're doing with and for your children. And I think it, it's interesting because it also allows you to be more present for what you're doing for, with your kids. I think a lot of what moms are trying to do is steal away time. I remember just doing something as simple as taking the children to the park and they would play. And then, you know, they fall asleep on the ride home. And I thought, why, you know, they're going to fall asleep. Why not? Why not pull over at a beautiful lake and read a chapter in a book? Because they're going to sleep anyway. You know, they're already tired. (laughs) We've been playing. And so I just thought about things like that. How could I make sure that the things that I loved, I got to see each and every day. And that motherhood was not a blurred experience of me giving and sowing and adding value to my family. And each and every day, I didn't refuel and replenish what I needed as well. And I believe in ritualistic self-care. I think you know this, 90 minutes each and every week, which is sort of your power time to just do you, think about you and, and plan for yourself, your own life, right? Like how you want to grow yourself. I believe that whatever it is that we do for ourselves is what we give to our family. So I have never looked at me investing in my own growth as something I'm taking away from my family. 90 minutes each and every week, me dating myself, becoming clear on how to grow me and make myself better. My family and my husband and my kids are the direct benefactors of that growth. And it's so important to understand that. Yeah, that's great. And what, maybe tell us a little bit about, you know, kind of what your children are doing now, you know, kind of as a result of, you know, this this mentality. Oh, yeah, sure. So, well, my, well, two of my children are in college. So my son's a senior and he's considering entrepreneurship, which there's no surprise there. He's been <laughs> investing since he was about 16 years old. So, and he does a lot of Bitcoin investing. And I believe that as a result of watching his dad and I have, as entrepreneurs and understanding that, doesn't take age to retire, right? And that you can literally leverage your resources to create income. I know that that has been a direct influence in terms of his investment uh, mindedness. My daughter 
is a sophomore in college and she has interned and worked for the company for a couple of years. And she is interested in marketing and entrepreneurship. No surprise there. Um, But I think one of the things that's really interesting, you guys will love the story. I love telling it. My daughter worked, has worked for me for like three years. And then at the end of her first semester, freshman year in December, she only had three months of college. She comes back and she's going to work for me again for the winter session. And she said, mom, I I need to renegotiate my salary. And I said, (laughs) I said, well, why is that? She's like, well, now I have a little college under my belt. And so she, I said, you've been there for three and a half months, but the direct influence is that she understands I teach women about standing in their value, understanding that people are investing in your knowledge and that there isn't just a set price. And she completely gets that piece. Of course, when she came back, having completed her freshman year, she came back once again and said, uh, I want to negotiate with you. And I remember saying to her, I said, do you want me just to pay you a salary or would you like commission?" And she said, I absolutely want commission because she understands the value of what she can bring to the table. And she's not afraid to trust herself around that. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that's a direct uh, influence. And then yes, my six taught her well. <laughs> yeah. And then my 16 year old who loves to bake and is really just an amazing baker always has. And I would say that the, the deposit in him, he likes to cook from scratch. And is that when I decided to be an entrepreneur and a mom, I always would bake everything from scratch for him. And then it got to a place where, you know, it was like all these middle schoolers and he was like Wednesday night. He's like, mom, can you bake you know, a couple dozen cookies? And I was like, I can't do that right now. Like, you know, it's like, <laughs> you just gave me 15 minutes notice. And he learned to cook his own cookies, make his own cookies from scratch. And, and it's so interesting because I know that was a direct result of being home, being present, and that I could transfer what I knew to him in that way. And now he's a phenomenal baker. He does like beignets and cakes and, (laughs) and cookies and pies. And I'm like, sometimes I'll come out of my office and I'm like, oh, I I can't do brownies right now. Like I, you know, (laughs) like me personally, I can't eat like brownies at this age, you know, like like a 16-year-old. But but I know that's a direct result. He's very entrepreneurially minded as well. So it's very exciting. He just got his first job at a pizza shop and he negotiated his, you know, I think he got 25 cents more. Uh, okay. But it was really great, you know. You got to start it, somewhere. Yeah, it, it was really great. So, you know, hearing him talk about it and understand, we talk a great deal about value and that you can always negotiate whatever it is that you want and not being afraid to ask. So I think those have been some direct benefits of just being in an environment where we talk often about those kind of things. Yeah, yeah. We can kind of piggyback off of your your son's baking and cooking and talk a little bit about food. I like to talk practically about, you know, how to share that, you know, the idea you talk about ease and grace around, you know, feeding our families, you know, how can we do that, you know, cooking and baking from scratch and, and those kinds of things. Any tips you have there? Well, I'm a big food service person. So over the years, I've invested in a lot of them. And so currently we use Sunbasket. Uh-huh. And HelloFresh. So literally all of our meals, Monday through Friday, all of the meals come to the home. And the it's been the best thing, ladies, because my husband never cooked anything. He just retired. And he's cooked now 90% of the meals awesome. since the pandemic. It's been amazing. And he it's because it's a step-by-step recipe card and he loves it. Pictures I like it because, oh, I love it. I love it. Yeah. I like it because it means that dinner is different every night. Mm-hmm. It means that there's no waste. It means we get to recycle. 
It means that there's not extra parsley and cilantro and all that. And, you know, it's really, it's really, really great. So we love it. I would say that if you've never considered, you know, doing any kind of meal service, you can do it for a season even. Sometimes we have seasons in our lives where we're busy and we never think about the power of insourcing, which is what I call that. Insourcing is like maybe you have a season and doing laundry. It's real difficult for you because what's going on in your world? Insourcing that service. Um, we owned a commercial laundry for years, for about 16 years. And in which case we did always had done laundry pickup and drop off and all that kind of stuff personally. It's a great way. I mean, so I'm answering your question about meal service, but insourcing as a tool, an easy tool to be able to get meals on the table, healthy meals, variety of meals and making it fun. Yeah. Yeah. We started using HelloFresh during the pandemic as well, when it was harder to shop and harder to get out of the house and to have it just delivered. And then my my daughter, because it's all step by step, you know, she, you know, is only like nine, 10 years old and is able to just jump right in there and and do it. So that's, yeah, that's a great, great tip. And then, you know, as far as your daughter goes, I have to, you know, I have to sing her praises because I've experienced your daughter and, you know, the, the giant experience week or workshop that we have with you features her, you know, in some ways uh, as a testimony. She was at the retreat that you recorded this at. And I can remember just watching her just with my mouth kind of open, like, wow, look at this, you know, because we here at Mom Changing the World, we are about raising world changers. Yeah. And I said, there, look, is a world changer right there. As she spoke as a, I think she was only a, maybe a junior or senior, maybe in high school, but she just had yeah, maybe. this confidence about her and this ease in just sharing, you know, what it was like to be your daughter and what she has learned, you know, personally from you and from the community that she has been able to be a part of. And I, I was like, you know, I was like, okay, okay. <laughs> yeah, just... <laughs> Like, you know, if you t- if we're talking about proof as well, like, you know, that's such a beautiful testimony, right, to the the systems that you share with us and to the way that you, you know, have, have raised your family with this mindset. Well, thank you. I, I, I can think of nothing better than for her to have the opportunity to experience all the giants because they are so much learning in, in you know, in terms of her being able to learn from the caliber of women, the beautiful women that uh, get to serve. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Good. Well, we, you know, with all that's been going on in the world around us, you know, I think race and ethnicity and, you know, seeing your, you know, your beautiful, you know, brown daughter just stand there with such confidence and hearing about, you know, your, your sons just kind of savvy around what they're interested in already. I'm curious about, you know, your family's ethnic makeup and then how you talked to them about race and empathy in particular. Yeah. Uh, I think the way that we talk about um, race and empathy is that always in in our family, we've been very open to a lot of different people in our world, not just in talk, but in terms of having relationships with a very diverse group of people. So my children educated their primary education is always through a friend school. And I don't know what anyone knows about the Quaker model or not, but one of the things that's absolutely beautiful is this idea that there is that of God in everyone. And that means everyone, no matter what it is that they bring to, you know, to, to the table. And we've always had very diverse perspectives. And I've learned from the Quaker dimension, the importance of listening, which I think whenever you think about differences, one of the things that's missing is not having the opportunity to hear the other side. And I've learned that from you know, going, attending so many um, silent worships, worship services um, through uh, my kids' schools, 
or schooling, I should say. So I'd say that one of the best ways that I've found to create some level of healing and empathy is listening. And the only way we can listen is to invite people into our space, to break bread with them, and to really get to see another perspective and hear it right, without having to defend or or push your own agenda or anything like that. So um, our life is very diverse and our world is, our perspective, my kids' friend, friends are. And um, I'm really excited about it. I know my husband is the same because it's allowed us to be able to have some honest conversations and to also to be able to listen to many different perspectives without feeling the need to make someone right or wrong because, you know, it's just to gain understanding. And that's really where the best relationships grow. You can think about it even in terms of if you think about a marital relationship, what makes a great marriage work? been married for 25 years, is the same thing. It's having understanding. It's not pushing in an agenda. And the same is truth when we're dealing with people who are talking about difference. So, Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I think as, as African-Americans as well, or yeah. those in the African diaspora, you know, we can sometimes feel on the defensive in certain situations or feel like we have to, you know, be a certain way or do a certain thing. But I think listening and bringing that up as a point, a starting point, you know, listen first, um, yeah. you know, and then go, I think is huge. Thank I think, you, for that. you know, I know personally, one of the things that I, through my work is really important to me is to help break some of the toxic belief systems that where people think I have to work twice as hard, twice as long for the rest of my life. And quite frankly, it's just not sustainable and helping others understand and elevate their thoughts around that, that you actually could choose that could not be your choice. You could actually decide in your life that you don't have to be twice as good to be successful. You don't have to work twice as hard to be successful. I'm a witness to that. And you can have great success without hustle and grind. All of these these systemic toxic ways of operating, you know, hustling, I get it for a season, right? Like we have moments where we have to do more. But the idea that sometimes we're, we've learned these, these thought processes that have been passed down that determine what success looks like. And quite frankly, it takes you away from scaling. It takes you away from quality of life. It takes you away from what really true success looks like. Mm-hmm. Very, very powerful. It also reminds me, uh, Deborah Porter, in her interview, talked about using an acronym for love and L was for language. You know, that the language that we use is very powerful and very important in all of this. And so, you know, hearing you talk about it, you know, brings yeah. that to mind. And, you know, you'll have to go to the episode 17 with her if you want to hear what her great tips were for the L-O-V-E. But um, yes, I think that that idea of language and listening really fall right in, in line with each other because they're hand in hand in this yeah. journey that we live in. Awesome. So I see you as a mom changing the world, using your voice as a mom strategist, as an entrepreneur, as a mom coach, a cheerleader for so many others. And, you know, I'd love it if you could give us, you know, two or three tips about, you know, how we can turn a dream into more. Yeah. Right? Where do, where can moms who are listening start? Yeah. I, I'm a big proponent of quiet time, which I don't think we all really understand the importance of it. And a lot of times we think that what we're meant to do is, is something that we have to push for, or we think that our purpose is something that's outside of ourselves and it just isn't. So one of the, the greatest things you can do if you are looking to elevate your life and use your gifts, identify your purpose and calling is to get quiet and literally you know, get quiet and really just ask yourself, like, 
you know, if I could give my gifts away or the gifts that I've been given away, what am I doing? What would I love to do if I could do something the rest of my life? what would that be? And it's probably something you're already doing that you haven't even thought about. For me, if I look back to high school, I was always leading women, always running (laughs) some kind of woman-led group train. I've been doing it my entire life. And it is the way that I found my purpose and your purpose isn't outside of you. It is literally something that you're already doing that brings you tremendous amount of joy. It's likely the thing that you are uh, searching, reading about, Already, you have a natural affinity toward. It's equally the thing that people are already saying to you. And what you just told me the other day really made a big difference in my life in the world. World Getting quiet allows you to be able to hear what that proof looks like. Think about the reflection of what your life is saying to you so that you can then say, okay, I'm going to step into that. That's the first thing. And the second piece I'd say is having courage. Because sometimes when we do identify that purpose and that calling on our life, it might be something that no one else is doing. It might be this thing that doesn't make sense based on what you're doing right now. Talk about that in a minute. And because of it, it requires courage to really own your truth. When I got started in business, I wanted to be a mom coach. When the word mom coach didn't exist, they were business coaches. They were parent coaches. They were a lot of just, you know, generic life coaches, health coaches, but you really didn't hear people talking about like mom strategies at all and mom coaching. And I remember just saying, this is what I want to do to my family and the degree of disappointment, you know, like that you can see on everybody's <laughs> like, what is that? Number one. And number two, like, how are you even going to make money doing that? Literally my very first stop, I went to a small business resource center. And the director of that small business resource center told me, this idea does not make any sense. No one will ever pay you to be a mom coach. And he laughed at me and he gave me a bunch of books and told me to sit in this corner and you just read these books here. And maybe you should go back to work as a trainer because you could make you know six figures plus doing that. And I was like, gosh, I just felt like there was this knowing that I should be in this space because moms were always asking me. How did you do what you do? How is it that you 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 have time for yourself all the time? Um, so having that courage to pursue that dream, even if you don't see anyone else um, doing it, mm-hmm. and getting yourself in a position where you you get yourself around someone who has lived out their own truth that can help you do whatever it is that you want to do. You don't have to be a version of anyone else being yourself. But sometimes we have to have alignment in our world in order for us to manifest whatever it is. So for me, I went to an event. I met my coach who I've worked with for 19 years. She's a business coach. She was not a mom coach, but it was the first time that I saw someone doing the model. What she was doing was, I was like, this is what I think it is I'm meant to do. And it intuitively felt right to me. And therefore, I decided that I would pursue it and have the courage, no matter who was in my world that didn't understand it, you know, to do it. And it was what happens is along the way, as you create success, the people who didn't understand one, it was it's because it was not their dream and they don't dream like you do. And it's an honor to have big dreams and amazing vision. But two, they end up being your fan. Right. Like your biggest thing is right over time. Once you have the courage to do it, I have so many people said, my gosh, what you've been able to create. I actually ran into that director at the Small Business Resource Center about a year and a half ago in a pharmacy. Oh, it was the funniest thing uh, near my home. And he said, you know, you were ahead of your time. There are a lot of mom coaches today 
And, but, you know, he just wasn't in a position to help me. He didn't, he didn't mean any harm. So just know that if someone doesn't know what you want to do and they don't validate your dream, you need to know that dreams aren't meant to be validated anyway, just parking lots, right? That's right. That's right. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I like how you started with getting quiet because that's exactly where I started for myself. And it, it took a lot of the noise and the distraction around to be quieted enough, right? In order to, to get to, you know, some of those core, you know, ideas and, yeah. uh, and visions and that courage, boy, that, that is a huge one uh, because so much of this is really stepping out and stepping up and it is a new thing, you know, to, to, you know, put things out there in a, in a new way. But it's what the world is waiting for. It's what the world yes. is needing. And Correct. I think, you know, working with you has, has definitely highlighted that for me. Yeah. yeah. Great. Well, you know, as we start to wind down, you know, you've already touched on, you know, juggling all that you do and creating balance and joy in it. You know, I wonder if there's anything else that you, you know, had to say about that or maybe advice you would give to somebody who's really struggling to even picture like how to start that <laughs> yeah. in a sense of dating myself or dating my children. And, and yeah, sure. I actually do believe that. that balance isn't real. I think that uh, <laughs> as I've grown in this journey, you know, I realized that imbalance is the greatest gift you could ever have. Okay. Imbalance is the thing that allows you to recognize what you really need, what systems you need to put in place. How do you truly want to live? How can you honor your values? Using imbalance, the imperfect days, the things that don't work to then say, how can I create a system for these things in my life so that I solve this to create greater joy and fulfillment? So it isn't really about everything being aligned perfectly because you already know as a mom, that's not real. Not going to happen. (laughs) Okay. But it's the imperfection in our lives that really allow us for the opportunities for growth as long as we don't judge it or resent it or embrace it as if we don't have the power to change those things. So that's one of the things that I would say right now, if a mom's listening, she's like, I don't have any time for myself. Me time. I can't even find five minutes for myself. What I would say is that's your opportunity. How can I find five minutes for myself? Mm -hmm. Um, I know that struggle is optional. It's a decision and that you can decide to embrace something completely different saying, you know what, up until now, I have only had five minutes to myself and tomorrow, starting tomorrow forward, it's going to be 10 minutes. And eventually until I can get to 20 minutes and you begin to build the muscle to grow that part of your life that no longer serves your good. Right. So. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Amen to that. (laughs) I know we, you know, I, I, yeah, I think we also try to picture, you know, I always have this picture sometimes in, I think the magazines will use it where the the mom, it has like eight arms, right? And she is juggling all these different things. And it's like, um, moms don't have eight arms. (laughs) Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You, uh, yeah. You you summed it up nicely to start where you are and build, you know, gradually from there. I encourage moms to, like you said, kind of aim for that 20 minute mark, right? Yeah. Even, uh, you know, if you, if you can't even, you know, do, you know, like, you know, like start with the five and the tens, right. But just yep. you know, aim for that at minimum of 20 minutes. And before you know it, right. it can evolve into that. Correct. That, you know, I mean, my whole mantra for living is doing less well. That's how I live. And I look at how can I do what I'm doing, do less and do it well. And uh, so that I can show up for the things that matter the most more. That's it. And the notion of piling on or adding on and all of that and doing all these things. It, it, it's, you have to ask yourself, why <laughs> is right. that important? 
And um, for me, it's just not. It's really about me showing up for the things that matter the most and creating systems in my life in many areas of my life so that I can do less, have, have, have greater joy in my life. And I do it all the time. I, I think about it and just, it could be something as simple as we just recently redid our garden. And it was because I know how restorative it is. I said, I work from home. I just want to be able to bring the outdoors inside. I want to be able to go out each and every day with ease and with grace, right? And enjoy a space that restores me. And so I committed to that so that that would be easier. I don't have to go somewhere to experience that, that I could bring it to me. And it could be something as simple as that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even your office, for those who can, you know, see the the production, you know, it sounds, looks like it's just a beautiful and energizing space, right? Relaxing and soothing and, yeah. you know, comfortable, right? For yeah. you to, totally. to, to produce and do all that you're doing. Yeah. yeah, that's great. And, you know, it also sounds like, you know, by living that way, you find the solutions to the problems and so that you don't have regrets. And, you know, I, so one of the questions I'll sometimes ask is, you know, is there anything you would do differently or do you have any regrets? And, you know, I wonder if, you know, if you would answer that. Yeah, that I think the, Yeah, I think the biggest regret that I have had is not having self-trust earlier. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, inside of us, we have the ability to grow muscle, whether you call it intuition or divine guidance or spirit, but building that muscle so that we can grow in our own self-trust to choose powerfully for ourselves. I think we all know what it is that we desire, right? That we truly desire. I think again, Often we doubt ourselves. We say, I'll wait till this time or that time. You know, now that I have stepped into that version of myself fully, I think, man, my greatest regret is that I didn't do it earlier, mm. right? Because I didn't have the courage or belief that the what I get to experience, the power of that type of living each and every day, the power of choosing that way for myself each and every day was available to me, right? Because a lot of times we haven't had those models. So that would be my greatest regret. It's, it's <laughs> literally this idea of living this life with ease and grace and understanding that if if you decide that that's the way you want to live and you begin to build your business in essence around your life around things that really matter to you then eventually you get to live that life yeah yeah and fully fully realize that vision that's awesome Great. Well, as we are winding down for the the last question, you know, we've been touching along this uh, you know along the way as far as renewal, right? So we've come out of an, a pandemic and we are now, you know, fully at a, a place where, where things have reopened in many parts of, you know, the country. And, and you know, the idea of renewing and renewal is all around us and, and within us. You know, what are your thoughts and words around, you know, reactions to the word renewal? Well, I, I think we have an opportunity. Renewal doesn't happen because of a pandemic. Okay. We have the opportunity to renew anytime we want to. Like your start date starts when you decide it does. Okay. And I actually believe that, you know, there definitely were last year, I have great compassion for so much that happened in terms of for so many people on the health side of things had to deal with, you know, loved ones or personally not being well or maybe financially in that way. But I think for many people also, because of that experience last year, no matter what happened? You had the opportunity to reset for yourself and decide what is most important. Okay, who is most important? Who am I? If I had to put my life on hold for one year and not, you know, be able to do the things that I normally did to value my life or create my income, 
who am I outside of those things? It's a tremendous opportunity to be able to look inside and say, one year from now, if this if this happened again, what am I going to put in place in my life, right? My personal growth and my financial growth and otherwise, so that no matter what's happening, you know, I am moving in the direction of positive change. And that's how I see it, right? So, you know, we we decided we would become, you know, we get a ping pong table and like compete <laughs> with each other, like, and become, you know, super competitive. But it can just be what, how can you experience joy no matter no matter what's happening in your life and your world. And I don't mean to say it to say that there aren't some real tough variables that have happened because they have, but tough times happen. And it literally is no matter what's going on in your world, the choices we make today determine how we're able to navigate those tough times. You know, my husband had a kidney transplant many years ago. And, um, and one of the things that I am so grateful for is because I showed up for myself when I didn't need to, when we had a really tough time, a health challenge, I could show up for my husband and create a greater transition for my family. So you have an opportunity right now, no matter what is happening, you know, the pandemic is the pandemic. We can't control sometimes those variables, but what you can control is what you do in this moment to rewrite the narrative, right? To, to be able to influence your story, no matter what's happening in the world. Yeah, that's great. And that hitting that reset button is huge. And like you said, any we can happen anytime. We don't have to wait. It can happen right now. Correct. So that's wonderful. Any final things that you wanted to say before we uh, sign off? Well, this is an amazing honor to be here with you. You're incredible. And you are an incredible thought leader. And I'm so excited about the work that you're doing, the lives that you're changing on your podcast and you are changing the world. And I am excited for your viewers that they have the opportunity to learn from a true expert. And so I'm excited. Thank you. Thank you. How can people get a hold of you if they'd like to be in touch or find out more about how to turn their visions into a, you know an entrepreneurial journey? Sure. They can visit my website, miaredrick.com. Real simple. My first name, last name.com. Awesome. Good. And we'll have all of those in the show notes. So thank you again for this time. So many rich you know, pearls in all that we've been sharing and we'll, we'll connect again soon. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Moms Changing the World with host Akua Walker. The information shared on this show is meant for educational purposes only and not intended as a substitute for medical intervention or professional therapy. All views shared on the show are that of the speakers only and do not represent any institution. To be a part of the community, visit www.momschangingtheworld.org. There you'll find ways to connect with and support the moms we interview. Join us next time for more encouragement and support to be a mom changing the world, one child at a time, one day at a time. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. Thanks for listening.